0: with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms, and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today.
1: Hello and welcome to AI Scouted on Anfield Index Pro. I'm Dave Hendrick, joined as always. Mr. Carl Matchett. how are you, sir?
2: Absolutely stellar, how are you?
1: I'm not too bad. I'm not too bad. I have somewhat calmed down from a shambolic performance on Saturday. By shambolic performance, I may be referring to either Liverpool or the referee. I haven't yet figured that part out. But um, it must have been tough for you to see Unai get himself a point. The point he wanted as well. All he came for was a point with his fucking deep block and his back six and Everything you dislike about him, but it was everything that worked.
2: Yes, Una, I lived for the 0 nil or 1-1 point away from home. It's literally what gets him everywhere. That's what takes him places. He did it to us again. I mean, it's not like we can blame anybody but ourselves. It wasn't a secret what was coming. We didn't really deal with it very well. And there was a lot of shambolic decisions, as you say, to go alongside that.
1: Yeah, yeah, very, very true. Right, the purpose of today's podcast is to mean to footballers uh we are going to give grades to Liverpool's squad this year based on their performances, everybody who's played a single first team game is going to get a grade now we'll do the standard you know a to f I do think there'll be some Carl where maybe they only played you know five minutes eight eight minutes, whatever and no grade is probably the fairest thing um, because they either won't have shown enough or we simply won't remember what their performance was so we'll start with the goalkeepers and we'll start with probably the easiest one in the squad Alison Becker 47 games across all competitions this year well, didn't play in the League Cup Um, 47 games 47 starts I would suggest comfortably our player of the year, and I'm going to start off by giving him an A.
2: (laughs) Well, I'd love to say start as you mean to go on, but I think it's the other thing that Guy said before the pod all downhill from here. Uh, Definitely an A. It's a season that would have been so much worse had Ali not been as good as he is. And, I mean, the value of having such a good goalkeeper in the squad is... Been on show for Liverpool for a number of seasons, both before we had one and since we've had one. But this year, I think, has has, again reinforced just how important that is. He's been sensational. He's been consistent. Um, Even if there is an error or two along the way, he could have made another three or four and still been our best player by a distance.
1: Where would Liverpool have finished in the Premier League this season if they had, let's just say, Simon Mignolet or you know, appropriate level goalkeeper, Simon
2: Mignolet-esque? I think during that third of the season where we were particularly bad, he still saved us points there. And in the first half of the season when we were erratic, he was vital. So we would have gone out of the Champions League earlier. That's for starters. And we probably would have been, before this end of season run, around the Chelsea level, maybe even a tad lower, maybe around the 10th, 11th. So factor in this end of season, I doubt we would have finished anywhere higher than eighth.
1: And even in this end of season run, he still made vital saves. You know, like the, the Fulham game, um, made made a couple of brilliant saves. So yeah, I think you're right. I think we're probably we're probably ninth, eighth, tenth, somewhere in that range without Ali, which you know it shows the mark of the man. Right, Queen, Oh, go ahead.
2: Sorry we also wouldn't be in the position where we are now of able to switch up this system because he's the one who lets us do it most of all.
1: That's a very good point. That's a very, very good point. Um, Quiveen Callagher, three appearances, one in the FA Cup, two in the League Cup.
2: I think it's fair to say he'd been very disappointed by this season. um, Given, obviously, last term he played quite a significant part in quite a significant run of games. I think he only played like, what, eight games or so last season. But, you know, the, the League Cup, obviously, and playing the role in it that he did and the campaign before that, I think, was where he played a couple of times in the Champions League as well and and you know and made a league. decent mark on that. So, yeah, I, I think he'll be disappointed. I don't think there was anything in his performances to be disappointed by, but it was just the fact that he's only played four games or three games. Mm. Um, so probably a D, let's say.
1: Yeah, I think that's fair. I think I'd go the same way. I would be shocked if he is willing to stay this summer. I know Jürgen made some silly comment about it, that he'll be staying. I, I just don't see it. There's, there's, there's no way this guy, who will turn 25 later this year, is happy to have only played 20 senior games in his career. There's no way he's happy to have only played three games this season. Um, I think last summer, coming off how well he'd done... In the League Cup and in you know a couple of Premier League games and a couple of FA Cup games, I think he was hoping that he would get a you know a bigger chunk this year. And obviously, it didn't happen. I'd be shocked if he's still at the club next season. I think he will want to go. Um, but yeah, I think a D is is very fair. Um, it will be really interesting, even if he goes on loan. It'll be really interesting to see how he does across a full season because. It's one thing coming in and having, you know, a couple of good games here and there and you're not having to play week in and week out, especially behind a dominant defence which is what we had last season. It'll be interesting to see if he goes somewhere else and the, the calibre in front of him is not as good how he performs. I have confidence next season
2: is the season to do that if there's a loan because he's got contract till 26 so. Yeah. Next season he'd still have 2 years left on that deal and that's probably a play, renew or sell kind of point, isn't it? So if he's going to go on loan, it's probably this summer.
1: That's the thing. And if he does really well on loan, then maybe you do get, you know, 25 million for him. The moment it's very hard to ask any club to part with a huge amount of money for him because he just doesn't have any real track record. He's got very little experience. And he's very much a what if now, like what if he gets a run, what will he be like? But, yeah, I think this this if we were to loan him, this would be the summer. But I, I get the feeling he wants to go permanently. The um, final goalkeeper, then, is Adrian. One appearance that was in the Community Shield. We did win the game 3-1. I seem to recall him making one good save in the game. Uh, but I can't remember a whole lot else about it other than Darwin coming on and making City look quite poor defensively. Um i'm gonna give him a no grade because i don't think one appearance is enough to warrant a grade
2: fair enough um, i'll give him a c i think uh, one performance one game one win one trophy is better than expected for an another appearance absolutely
1: very fair very fair and i will bow to you to you on that one we'll we'll go with a c for Adrian. so a for ali b for Kelleher. Largely because he didn't play nearly enough, and we'll go with C for Adrian because he did he did play a part in winning our only silverware of the trophy of the of the season rather.
2: The other goalkeeper to be in the squad for Liverpool but not play was Harvey Davies. who was on the bench seven times. Yeah,
1: seven times, no appearances. My expectation is that he will step up into possibly the the third goalkeeper spot. Now, I think he he is the third goalkeeper now. To be fair. Um, and Adrian is the fourth. I, I think he might play a little bit more next year. I think, you know, even if Ke- if Kelleher goes, I do think we'll bring in a number two, uh, even if it's someone on a short-term thing, like a Timo Horn or a Ron Roberts-Zehler or somebody like that. Um, moving into defence, then. I'm just going to run with them the way they're listed here in front of me. Uh, Joe Gomez, at 30 appearances, 22 starts, uh, 14 starts in the league fair to say a very up and down season for Joe, the highlight of which would have been his performance at Anfield against Manchester City. The, the low of which, I mean, there's, there's quite a few to pick from. He had some really poor games.
2: Yeah, he did. Um, I mean, I think he, he played against Real Madrid. I think he played against Um, Arsenal he played right back against I can't remember now one of the heavy beatings he played centre back when we got hammered by Wolves as well and had a poor match there Uh, there were probably a few others that I'm forgetting off the top of my head Uh, like you say there were some really good standout performances and he had a little run around sort of before the World Cup I think it was where he did play quite a bit we had a couple of injuries and he had a few decent games but biggest thing missing this season was consistency whether that's because he's in and out of the side and just cannot get the rhythm or because, as you've mentioned a couple of times, maybe just cannot get back to that level again. He's had that time and the injuries that have come since of just not allowing him to get back to that level. We've seen it in Ox previously as well. He never got back to his very best level after the injury. So it could be the case. Uh, It'd be unfortunate if so. And... Certainly can go any higher than a C for Gomez, but maybe even a C minus in this case.
1: Oh, for me, it's it's a D minus. I think he was largely dreadful across the year. I'm not giving him any praise at all. I I, I don't think he warrants anything more than that. To be honest, um, Virgil van Dijk, 41 appearances, 41 starts, easily the worst season he's had for Liverpool, other than the season where he was injured by a man with very short arms. Um. I've said before, Virgil can only be really be compared to Virgil when it comes to you know rating him against other centre backs because he's he's better than all the others. And I think if you if you compare him to himself and his previous years, then this season would be an F because that's how far below his own standard he's been. But if you compare him to the rest of the league and other centre backs around the league. I think he's probably been about I C. Like, I don't think there's been many who've actually been consistently better than him, even though he's been way off his own level. I'm going to give him a C. Yeah,
2: I think that's fair. He hasn't been very, very good in quite a lot of games. And you can see that there's... I'm not really sure what it is. Maybe a hesitancy or maybe it's a... Just a lack of absolute confidence at the minute in his own game. Some of the times he'll run across and he'll just take the ball off someone. who looks like old verge, but there are other times when you want him to make the decision and he doesn't, and that can be quite costly for Liverpool because often he's the last one or he's the one who is expected to deal with that threat. And yeah, there there have been games where Van Dyke's decision making has not been anywhere near as good as it should be. So I think a C is fair, and I will bow to your D on Gomez
1: as a result. Um. Costas Simicus. Now, before we get into Costas' rating, Carl, I I saw a video this morning of Costas in the kind of uh, post-match on-field farewells. And he was looking very, very emotional. And I don't know if it's that maybe he's particularly close to a couple of the guys that are leaving Or maybe it was also because he knows he's also leaving this summer. What's your read on on the Simica situation? Because with this new shape, we can't really carry him and Robbo because we don't need two specialist left backs. We need a specialist left back and more of a centre back who can also cover left back. So do you think maybe Costas knows that he's also out the door this summer?
0: Are you that person who has everything? and a license with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to anfieldindex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index.
2: I think so. Um, I think that there are... Obvious areas which need to be improved in the first team, but there are also positions that Liverpool need more competition in. And I think, it, we, we've said this before, at left-back, I don't think there's anything inherently bad about Simicas at all, but he hasn't absolutely pushed Robertson to be the first choice. And this season, you know, we'll get to Robo in a minute, but I think it's fair to say most people in the squad have been below their normal level, Robertson included. That would be the moment you want the other challenger to step up and really make a case for themselves. I think the fact that he hasn't been able to probably suggests quite heavily left back is another area that we need to look at improving overall, Um, whether that's an immediate starter, as we've said, or whether it's you need somewhat greater competition. Um, I I just don't think it's quite happened for Simic at any point, to be perfectly honest.
1: No, um, no, I agree. So grades, I think I'll just go with a C for Costas. I don't think he was particularly good or particularly bad. He was just... You know, bang average, basically.
2: I mean, it's very, very difficult to just come in and play well. And you look at even when his league appearances are, I think, from October, mid-October, something like that. He's only appeared in two successive league games on like three different occasions. And they're all off the bench apart from like maybe two, I think, as well. So it's really, really tough to get any kind of consistency in his game. Obviously knows that even if he plays well, it's more than likely Robertson's going to come back in anyway. Uh, you think back to the Fulham game, towards the end of the season, he was yeah. quite good, played over an hour, pretty decent on the overlap, involved in quite a few attacking moments. But for the next game, it was all changed, Robertson back in again. I think he probably knows, A, he can play more elsewhere, and B, he's just not going to get that. Push into the starting eleven from Klopp at any point. No, I mean
1: there's. N- uh, yes,
2: yeah, C is tops for me. Maybe even a D plus. Yeah, I think that that,
1: that, that that's fair. I, I I don't think there's any kind of meritocracy at Liverpool. I I don't think performance really does color the manager's view at all. I I think he just has a, a set team in his head, and that's basically what he's going to go back to. We've seen it before. We can go back a couple of years. The the mid in midfield and. You know, We've seen it with both Ox and Nabby where they come in, they play well, they're dropped immediately for Henderson, he comes back in, he can play terribly for five games, and he's left out, the other player comes in, comes in cold, gets a start, doesn't really play all that well, out of the team straight away, Henderson's back in, it's the same thing at left back with Costas. Costas, if you remember when Robbo hurt his ankle, was it last year, season before, Robbo hurt his ankle in pre-season, missed like the first couple of games. Costas did well, but as soon as Robbo was fit, he was straight back in the team. And it hasn't mattered how poorly Robbo has played over the last 18 months or so. He's just back in the team, regardless of Costas's performance. And when Costas does get a game, it's like he hasn't played in six weeks or he's played a few sub-appearances. He's thrown in, and if he's not immediately a 10 out of 10, he's straight back out of the team. It's It's just not the right way to do things. Um, Calvin Ramsey then. Two appearances, one start. a Season ruined by injuries. Uh, he arrived with I think a back issue and something related to his growth. And then obviously the knee injury ended his season. He did show some promising signs in the under-21s, but very little opportunity to impress in the senior team. And for that reason, I'm going to give him a no grade because I think it's too early to really judge him.
2: Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, we would have expected to see more from him to be honest, but if it's injuries, it's it's injuries at that age. And it's largely to do with, you know, the growing and the, the changing, um, approach in terms of training load and all the rest of it, then you know there's not too much you can do. And I think one of them that he arrived with, they didn't actually see until he was already there and then had further checks, wasn't it? So not not really anything you can put the blame on him for. Um, no great is fine, we'll, we'll let that one go.
1: Andrew Robertson, 43 appearances, 37 starts. I think a, a, a disappointing, a very disappointing season from Robbo. I think his decision-making has got off a cliff. His delivery has not been as good this season. I know he's he's got some decent assist numbers this year, but I haven't been impressed. I don't think he's as good defensively now as he was maybe two years ago. Doesn't seem as aggressive as front-footed. And he's making really, really bad judgment calls, like jumping out of the defensive line. Now, there are things he's always done, but he's doing them more often now. We saw it, obviously, in the Champions League final was sort of the worst example of it, jumping out of the defensive line to go and try and press something taking a leaf out of his captain's book of charging 25 yards towards a ball he's never going to get near and then getting played in and around I've been really disappointed with Robertson this year, for me it's a D
2: Yeah I think that's probably fair Um, I think that the jumping into tackles and not winning it has been particularly bad this year and not even jumping into tackles, but trying to over-anticipate where a pass is going to go as well. And then the fielder where he thinks it's going to go square and he's run forward, it actually just plays straight in behind him and he's got no chance of getting back now. Um, I accept that this new role defensively is probably more difficult for him, especially in terms of defending the back post, high deliveries, that kind of thing. So I'm not going to put all of that on him, but his one-on-ones have not been as strong partnership down that side I think he's really suffered with because it's been chopped and changed for the left side of forward but also that left midfield role has changed and that was always like a really consistent thing during his best period so disappointed from him I will bump him up slightly for the sheer volume of chances he has created in the end like you I think his crossing has not been as on point as it was I can live with that not being so consistent because crossing is inherently a dreadful thing to do unless you're exceptional at it but Aside from the assists, I think it would be an even worse campaign, so I will give him a C minus, but Only just. Only because he has created so many chances and actually set up so many goals.
1: I think he and Fabinho are the two players who've missed Ginny Wijnaldum the most. Because Ginny took so much off their plate defensively. Like he shared that load with Fabinho because you were getting no defensive work out of the right sided midfielder. And they were able to basically cover half the pitch each. But whereas the myth was that Trent was the one getting cover from in front. Robbo was actually getting exceptional cover from Ginny. And Ginny wouldn't let anybody run directly at Robbo. He'd just cover across, shepherd them away, and then the two of them could trap. I think Robbo has massively suffered since Ginny left. and I don't think he was particularly good last season. I think he's been really poor this year, so... Hopefully, though, with a break. I mean, Robo has been run into the ground. He's played an awful lot of football for us and Scotland, and obviously he's had the international tournaments and, and campaigns and whatever else. And the, just the pressure, I think, of being Scotland captain takes a lot out of him as well. So, yeah, maybe, maybe I'm being a bit harsh. Maybe we'll go C minus, but I, I do think I do think he needs to step his game up next season. Joel Matip. 20 appearances, 16 starts. Now, that's surprisingly low, given he hasn't had um too many injuries this season. Like, it hasn't been a, a mat-up injury plague season. Obviously, a big factor is Ibu, is but it is, it is just interesting how little Joel has actually played this year. Now, with that said, I do think he played quite poorly when he was in the team. Um, I think that carried on from the end of last season where we had highlighted from about February onwards and he won. The funny thing is he won player of the year, Liverpool player of the year, or maybe premier league player of the year in February. And it was his worst month of the season to that point. And then from there he was poor. Obviously Jürgen left him out of the the cup finals and such. Um, But I think he's been largely poor this season. I, I just, He's been quite hesitant. He did play really well. He came in recently for Eboo against somebody. I can't think who. And he played really well. Was it West Ham? Was it West Ham away? I think it was. And then he was just out of the team again. Um, but yeah, I think overall, probably a similar grade to Rob with C-. Um,
2: see, I think he's actually been worse than that. I think he's been really, really poor. And I mean, you mentioned the amount he's played considering the amount of injuries and the fact he's sub and maybe even like fifth or sixth choice forward now Firmino has actually played more minutes than Matip this season and he was out for ages and ages twice so Matip quite far down the list of of starters this year only just managed a thousand minutes in the Premier League Um, the the game it was West Ham where he came in and scored didn't he as well Um, that uh, that was his last appearance basically of the season I think that that game was probably his first really good game maybe since the Everton match. I think he played quite well against Everton, if I remember, um, back in that February. But by and large, I think really poor for most of the rest of the season. Not exclusive to him in the slightest because we were so bad defensively for such a long period. I think Arsenal was a particularly bad one for him. Brighton in the draw at Anfield. I think he was at fault for a couple of them, if I remember. Um, yeah, really, really downhill season for Joel Matip and whether that's chopping and changing alongside him, maybe the fact that he comes in and out, also the fact that the midfield was such a mess ahead of him would not have made it easier, so again it's not all on Matip, but his own performances weren't good either, so I'd go e plus. That's fair. I think he was I think he was on a level with Gomez for bad performances but I can remember more better ones from Gomez this season. Fair.
1: Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, Joe obviously did have, did have quite a few more appearances. well, six more starts and ten more appearances. Yes, so, yeah. and that's probably reflective of how they were performing. Um, I'll give it a D. Ann Kenneth's son, Nat Phillips, uh, five appearances, two starts, one league start, one cup start. Um, I, I mean. I, I, I don't, don't yeah, know why he's I here that's all know, we probably.
2: can say we don't know why he's here it's not fair to him to no. still be at Liverpool it's,
1: it's, exact, it's, it's, it's horrible know it
2: was like right at the end of the window again it, it really is I know it was right at the end of the window again he was due to leave again and another injury yeah. but come on they didn't even use him still even then he played what against was it Palace or someone like that right at the start of the season when that first injury happened what has he played? Three minutes in the Premier League since then. It's not fair.
1: Um, it, it's not. It's it's actually horrible the way that this poor lad has been treated because we are ruining his career for all intents and purposes. Not Phillips this season. Um, three hundred and sixty three minutes. Sorry, three hundred sixty eight minutes of football played, but one hundred and thirty six minutes of that came in the under twenty one team. Uh, 24 minutes in the FA Cup, 142 minutes in the League Cup, and 66 Premier League minutes. This lad is 26 years of age, and this is what we're doing I mean, no. then. squad. not even in the squad for the FA Cup,
2: let alone the Premier League. We went out to Brighton, he wasn't like, even involved. Last
1: season for us, I think he played about 150 minutes, and then we shipped him out on loan to Bournemouth and you know he did okay there but we weren't in any way interested in keeping him around actually he played 86 minutes in the Champions League for us last year and 44 minutes in the in the League Cup he played 100 and 130 minutes that's what we've given him over two years now I know he's getting well paid and all the rest but let the boy ha- go and have a career I don't care what offer you get this summer. I don't care if someone offers you £3 million. Take it, let the boy go and have a career. It is outrageous that he's been kept at this club now for this length of time. Two full seasons wasted. He wasn't allowed to build on what he'd managed to achieve in the 2021 season. Again, I know he had the loan spell last season, but that was after six months of inactivity. He got six months of football, and now it's a full year of inactivity. Let the lad leave. Um, do you know what? I'm giving him a B just for putting up with the bullshit that he's put up with. A B for Nat Phillips. Perfect. Right, I'm with you on that. <laughs> right <laughs> let's move on. Trent Alexander. Free Nat. Get it trending on Twitter. <laughs> uh, Trent Alexander Arnold, forty six appearances, forty three starts. Carl, this is actually, I think, the hardest one in the squad because he was genuinely dreadful for probably twenty five of his forty three starts.
2: I that. He was broadly speaking okay to bad in the first third of the season when we were erratic and we were poor he was maybe the worst there mm. that whole third of the season world cup up until what what was it March start of March something like that he was genuinely awful like efforts tracking energy levels technique was obviously off the, sc- off the scale bad because of lack of confidence and everything else but then for about ten games or so, yeah, probably the best player.
1: I argue he's the best player in the league for a run of those games. Like I just can't get over the lack of effort and the the lack of being arsed that he displayed at times this season. Like there were games where even just when it came to just basic things, like standing standing a winger up, putting in the effort to stop a winger. And he goes in and he's all slouched over and it's real lazy and he's not moving his feet. And just like, Jesus Christ, you as a kid in 2018 put Cristiano Ronaldo, who was still in his peak, in your pocket to the point where he moved the opposite wing. The following season, you put young min Son in your pocket. In the biggest game in football. You did these things. Proving that the narratives. That you're a bad defender. Were simply not true. Even last season's Champions League final. I know Vinicius scores the goal. And it is in slight part. Because Trent. Isn't aware of what's around him. But Outside of that. Vinny did nothing in the game. Because Trent was so good. Defensively on him 1v1. Like. This season he was just, he was shambolic. And it would have been an F. It, it undeniably would have been an F. Or, you know, and a see-me-after-class, shit is hitting the fan. He has, he has had this recent resurgence. And maybe that was Trent's way of telling Jürgen, I don't want to be a right-back anymore. I want to play in midfield." Maybe that's what that was. And now they've struck a compromise. But it, it was completely unacceptable. Um, For what he's done in the last 10 games. and Not including Saturday where he was poor. But the 10 previous out that. Or the 9 previous to that. Whatever it was. From the Arsenal game on. I'd raise it to a D. But I don't think I'd go any higher than that. Because it was just so bad for so long. And, and like you said. That spell off the back of the World Cup that was borderline disgraceful
2: it, it, I don't think it was borderline I think it actually was, it, it long since passed into that, oh, no, and not just from Trent, but Trent is, as you mentioned at the time, one of the ones you'd look up to, yeah but he's one of the ones who you'd look up to to rise above that at the very least on the levels of of effort and energy and all the rest of it so that was particularly disappointing Um I think on balance of the season, I would rather have, I don't want to see it again, but I would just about rather have Trent's very bad and very good than Matip's complete indifference with largely bad. So I would go C- just as that comparison as such because there was more match-winning moments from Trent later on. And ultimately, that's the only reason we're even as high in the table as we are. Uh, because you need a few match winning moments, and we found a way to make some. So, just on the fact that it's so heavily weighted, what his good games counted towards, I will just about edge him into C I, I, I would C-minus. counter that
1: by saying that his bad games were so bad that they cost us finishing higher in the league.
2: I do agree with that, but I also think that even if he was at, let's say, a very neutral level, there was enough <laughs> was cross cross. around and in front of him <laughs> that we still would have lost. We still would have lost the majority of those games. I mean, like, as bad as Trent was against, let's say, Man City, even if he plays six out of ten in yeah, that game, we'd probably fair. still... I was,
1: you know, you know Simon Brundish has that uh, uh, saying, beat the dross, win the league. I remember we were getting spanked by Wolves. And I was texting with a friend of mine. And I just texted him. Are we the dross now? <laughs> Is that what's happened here? Have we just become the dross of the league? That we're getting spanked by Wolves. Who can't score goals. But they're scoring three against us. Um, Moving into midfield. Let's start with Fabinho. Who again. Like many others. Was... Really poor for a long part of the season. Has improved of late, though the tales of his improvement have been grossly exaggerated. He has been good. He has not looked anything like Fabinho in his pomp. Fabinho, yeah. Well,
2: Fabinho. Oh, I missed
1: one. I missed one. I missed the defender. Apologies. Apologies. Uh, <laughs> Ibrahim Kanate, twenty-four appearances, 23, uh, 23 starts. I'm bordering on an A for him, Carl, because I think he has been. Outst- I think he's been outstanding. Hey, I do. I think he's been. I think he's had a couple of ropey games, like uh, the weekend. I thought he was a little bit ropey, mm-hmm. but overall, I, I think he's been. I think he's been outstanding.
2: I'm going to go a little lower than that because I do think there's been quite a bit of rope um, and you know, a few injuries and he took a little bit of time to get back into the team. It wasn't really until February or something, March, that he actually became a league starter, if you like, for us because he was out several times before that. I think there was, what, what three, five appearances in the league up until the start of March. That's That's a long period to be without what should be a starting centre-back. So I don't think I could go an A anyway for a whole season. Go a B because some of those games have been unbelievably good, like really, 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 really impressively good and contributing quite a lot towards the fact that we won some of those games. Um, Like the, you know, the Leicester game, let's say for example, we should have won the Leicester game anyway, but that was a very, very good example of why he's so good and why he's so important for us. Earlier on in this run, I think there were games where you could see he was not struggling with the defending aspect of being in the wide areas, but as so many of them did, struggle with the moments where he had to go wide or someone else did, or when he had to drop centrally and someone else did. Um, the first couple of games where he was allowed a lot more time and possession on the ball, maybe as a consequence of not playing too much before that, it was a little bit difficult for him passing out and everything. So I'll go a B because you know, the absence is tied to, you say, a couple of ropey performances. I would say a few more than a ROP performances, especially those first few back after injury. Some of them were distinctly not good, which is normal. Perfectly not, you know, unexpected or anything like that. But still, I think A is is very very high. Well, I should point that, so like Alisson is
1: an A plus. Like he's he's a ten out of ten. I'm talking more of a of a of an A minus type. Year. But yeah, I think yeah B is probably fairer, considering he did miss you know over half the league games or yeah about half the league games. Um, and I do remember he had an awful absolute stinker. Was it a way to Brentford? I think it was. It was a way to Brentford. He was awful. um but I, I I do think in this new system, I'm not sure there's anybody actually being asked to do more than him defensively. He's covering half the pitch in in all aspects because Trent isn't still isn't doing enough defensively. Henderson or Elliot offer absolutely nothing, nothing defensively, and Mo's defensive work rate comes and goes. Sometimes he'll do the big sprint and track a runner. Other times he just is too busy doing something else. Ibu is being asked to do volumes defensively, and I, I think he's actually done it really well. But and he, plus he's taking on the primary man marking job of the opposition's best player in most occurrences. Um. Whereas you know, and which leaves Virgil to sweep up, which is fine. It's also asking Ibu to do an awful lot, but yeah, a B is a B is fine. A B is fine. Uh, right, let's go to midfield. I've given my a preamble on Fabinho. I, I I don't know how to again like Trent Carl. It just bad for so long, then better, not as good as Trent. I still think I'm just going to stick him on a D because I I I don't think his good performances have warranted. Much more than that. Considering how poor he was prior to that. Now he wasn't. I will say he wasn't as poor as Trent prior to this resurgence. At least he was trying. He also
2: he hasn't, hasn't been anywhere near as good as Trent in his better spell. So am sticking D minus, I think he's been absolutely shocking for so much of this season. A couple of really really good games, same as some of the others. Uh, Man City was one of them. As I've said, it's for Benio now. It's kind of when you're deep or when you've got massive control of the game, perfectly fine because he can, you know, win the odd challenge or he can sit in front of the defence and protect really well in that small zone. But any spacing behind, no chance. Anybody turns him or skips past, no chance. Any kind of mobility or agility required, he's looking
1: more and more Sergio Busquets to me every single day. Um, I'm I'm
2: funny demon- you mentioned
1: Busquets because. Fabinho's agent just agreed to become one of the new sporting directors at Barcelona. And there has been a little bit of suggestion that Fabinho to Barca might be something to keep an eye on. Because Deco might want to, you know, bring him along and and they are losing Busquets this summer. So, you know, maybe, maybe. Uh, Let's...
2: Would you take? What, what would make
1: you take twenty-five million? I take twenty-five at this point. Take, take 25, twenty-five, and I think you can put that to you know you take twenty-five for him. You take, I don't know, another ten million out of the the kitty. I think you go and you buy a solid replacement for him, not a spectacular replacement, but a solid replacement.
2: I think I'd probably take 25 as well, because if Fabinho doesn't do well next season, or Liverpool don't do well, which allows Fabinho to do well, I think this yeah. can very quickly yeah. become a player nobody really wants. Uh, if he looks very, very sluggish, unless you're a much lower-down team, and then they're not going to be paying much money anyway. Um, Barcelona, meanwhile, by the way, I think is going to be... Yeah, that's, that's, that's that a away. very
1: strong possibility, I think. Yeah. Um,
2: to Barça and about three Barça players who they don't want to Wolves. That seems to be the uh, I've seen suggestion
1: that Ansu Fati could be one of the ones
2: between the them. Just the so
1: I would be yeah. I'd,
2: I'd have to I would be staggered. I, I,
1: no, I shouldn't say I would be staggered because Barcelona are a very stupid club. But I, I would be stunned if they just gave up on Ansu Fati at this point. I know he's had a couple of the a couple of injuries. But like They're The club's fault For overplaying him They're not his fault
0: Are you that person Who has everything The coolest merch And those must have Fan threads Well Over at our Anfield Index shop We've gone that extra mile When it comes to Pimping up your Liverpool collection From our popular range Of bespoke design T-shirts Sweaters Hoodies and hats To our signature Edition mugs Prints and coasters
1: I think Ferran Torres is probably more likely, though. Ferran Torres and some cash to Wolves. Maybe they throw in somebody else as well. Anyway, let's move on. Uh, Thiago Alcantara, also linked with Barcelona. Uh, 28 appearances, 22 starts. In the first half of the season, when we when we were, to be polite, a mixed bag, he was... Probably the only midfielder that actually showed up. But he did then have a poor run post-World Cup. And then he started getting injured more and more. Because we were using him as if he was David Batty. And it was it's one of the worst management jobs I've seen how we've managed him this year. Absolutely shocking. Um, I think it has to be either a C- minus or a D overall.
2: Yeah, I think a C minus. He was just about helping us keep heads above water for quite a while, and when he was either not being used or absent, it was quite noticeable. Um, so I'd go C minus.
1: James, James Milner, Milner, um, forty-two appearances, eleven starts. This is not a, a comment about Milner. This is a comment about the management and the recruitment. The fact that he played 42 games this season is an indictment of how poorly Klopp has managed this squad over the last couple of years. James Milner is still playing this much of a role. Um, He did have a couple of good performances. Home to City when he played right back. He did well. But for the most part, his performances are just... He comes on, he kicks people, he gives the ball away, runs slowly, falls over. He kicks someone else, and then the game ends. And that's basically the James Milner role, um, and being able to do that in a multitude of positions. That's basically the James Milner role that people like to talk about. Uh, I, I, I'm going to give him a, a D plus. I just, I mean, I, I don't see what value he brought on the pitch this year at all.
2: I don't really know what else Milner is expected to do. I'm not talking about by you and your grade. I mean by like Jurgen Klopp. I mean I don't really notionally understand the use of bringing him on as sub every single game, right at the end, regardless of scoreline, regardless of context of match. Um, you know, there was a point there for about two years where you could use Milner as an attacking or a defensive substitution. Yeah. Eighteen, nineteen, and nineteen twenty, he juice, was good he would in that. Start hole. kicking people, or he would start breaking up play, or whatever. Yeah, but, you know, you look at even this season, aside from the Arsenal game, well, no, let's say from the Arsenal game right through to the end of the season, there were, what, seven more matches after that, and he played nine minutes, nine minutes, six minutes, four minutes, six minutes, eight minutes, 16 minutes, 18 minutes. I don't understand the use of that every single time as a you have to make this sub just for a few minutes just to see out a game. Now, some of the time, if you're only winning by one goal or whatever, maybe there's a reason for that, but Leeds... 6-1 6-1 up. Leicester, we were 3-0 up. Tottenham was...
1: And, and what well, did he do as soon two, as he came think, on? think
2: at the time and then it was 3-3 three, three, and then it yeah. was 4-3. Gave away the free kick and it's not the first time. But look, aside from Milner's impact, it's more the use of him again that I don't understand. Like James Milner, because of all these substitute appearances, ultimately yeah. still played more minutes than Curtis Jones did this season. Now we've seen what Curtis Jones is capable of. and We've seen how much he's started over the last like two months of the season. He still didn't play as much as Milner overall. Now that is the type of use of some parts of this squad that I just I don't know. No, neither do I I I.
1: I don't know if Klopp thinks he's, you know, repaying whatever he feels he owes Milner. Um by helping him to, you know, eventually break Gareth Barry's record for the most appearances in the league. But Realistically, anybody can look at the minutes played and understand that Gareth Barry played 15,000 minutes more in the Premier League than James Milner. 15,000 minutes. It's like, what, nearly four full seasons worth of minutes more over his career than Milner has over his. So if Milner does break that record, it is going to be because he just stuck around not going to be because he was good enough to start week in and week out in the Premier League I'm personally glad he's leaving because it takes this away from Klopp this is some weird fucking safety blanket thing that Jürgen has where Millie has to come on to see a game and Millie doesn't help us see out games he commits fouls, he gives the ball away and he just can't run anymore. 18, and 19, Milner made a lot of sense in this role. And he should have been let go then. Kept him around for God knows what. Um. Let's go to Naby Keita. It's an F from me. Injured, poor for the most part when he did play. Never really able to find a rhythm this season. Largely because he was injured and when he did play, he was out of the team the next week, so and then he got injured again, so you know it is what it is. Um, another one I'm, I'm glad he's going for his own good, so he can actually go and have his career somewhere else.
2: Don't remember a good performance um, from of this who did he season
1: play against this season is the question
2: played against wolves in the FA Cup when we won, and he played the full ninety minutes don't think he played another single 90 minutes all season that does long sound right. i don't remember a don't remember a good appearance from him doesn't look like he started a single league game where we Well, one. that's not
1: promising <laughs> that's not promising at all um no he, he hasn't been good this season he hasn't like he, he just he hasn't ever found rhythm less than 500 minutes on the full season which i mean you know for a guy his age who Had such a big role last season. like Played so well last season. It is just very, very disappointing. Uh, He played... The draw at home to Chelsea. And the defeat away to Wolves. He started both of them. Um, I think he started the Brentford away game. And he started the Palace away game. Uh, yeah, that was basically Naby's season. Yeah, so for me, it's an F.
2: As, as, yeah. as low as our ratings um, go,
1: that's what he gets from me. Let's do Ox next, and it's exactly the same situation. And funnily enough, thirteen appearances and five starts, just like Naby. Uh The two lads who could potentially have in transformative for our midfield. Whose fitness could have led us to even more success. Unfortunately, leave on damp squibs. And I wish them all the best in whatever it is they go and do next. Wherever they go, I hope they're really successful. But it is beyond time that they left the club. They should have been sold a year or two ago. Like... They really should have been sold a year or two ago. There was offers. There were clubs interested. And for whatever reason, we've kept hold of them, gotten them injured again. And now they leave for nothing. That's 87 million or whatever we paid for the two of them down the drain. But they did play parts in helping us have success. Naby particularly last year. Ox particularly in the title winning season. He was very good uh, in his role. But it's an F for me.
2: Um, I'll go slightly higher and give him an E because he scored a goal and he did have a couple of impacts like say when he was you know, forced to play on the left and that kind of thing I think around the after after the World Cup he played a bit of a role didn't he um, in a few of those games just as we came back so I'll give him a slightly better Curtis end.
1: Jones 22 appearances 12 starts I think Sagan A plus A plus, <laughs> <laughs> um, a plus. Look, you know he's he's done very very well in this run where he's come into the team. He's been the best of the starting midfielders. He did not have a particularly good game against Villa, but he was certainly not alone in that. Um, I think a B is fair for Curtis. Uh, you know, he missed a chunk of the season for <laughs> one reason or another. But uh, you know, when he's when he's played, he's he's been good, and I think next season he can play an important role in the squad.
2: I think he's been the best of our midfielders across the board for the whole season. Um, I think it'd be as probably fair. He made the most of the opportunity when it came his way. The fact that he didn't get the opportunity at least a bit earlier when we were absolutely terrible and he was fit and he was available and he wasn't even in the squads and all that kind of stuff, I think, again, is a question of coaching stroke management. Um that's that's done now and he did seize his opportunity yeah. and he's definitely been one of the most impactful players in our much better run at the end of the season so I think a B is absolutely fair uh, two things for, for Jones one is obviously he has had stupid injuries so you can't always do stuff about that like you know getting poked in the eye and that kind of stuff so he has to try and stay fit for as long as possible and basically be available and force the manager to not pick him if that's what he chooses to do rather than be unavailable The other thing that he needs to do is consistency. It's one thing to play well for a run of 10 games or even very well for a run of 10 games and be noticeably one of our best players, but to do it for five months at a time. He hasn't done that yet. To do it for an entire season, most players don't get to do, to be fair, unless you're like one of the absolute elites. But if you play well for four or five months and then you have two months off and the rest of the team kind of lifts that period anyway, so you're under-performances is not like particularly bad or anything, and then you come back into form later on in the season. Loads and loads of very, very good players do that, and that's their year. Jack Grealish has never had a good season in his to do entire it. life,
1: from August to May, and he's a £100 million footballer, so absolutely no reason Curtis needs to concern himself with being good all year. Just have a couple of good runs, then get injured, and then people <laughs> will absolutely fucking love you. Just Put on a Birmingham accent, make your hair look shit, And people will love you, Curtis. Yeah, absolutely. B from me, B from Carl. This one is difficult, Carl, because I don't want to be harsh on the lad. Harvey Elliott, 45 appearances, far too many. 25 starts, far too many. Simply not good as a midfielder. I don't want to be harsh on him. Because it's not his fault that the role doesn't suit him. He gives his all. He works his arse off. He's awful defensively. He doesn't offer enough on the ball for the type of player that he is. Yet. He doesn't offer enough yet. He's only a kid. I don't want to be harsh on him. I think I'll go with a C. His performance level is probably closer to a D for me.
2: Again, I think that this is like almost the inverse Jones, isn't it? In that he played a lot earlier in the season, in the first two-thirds of the season when we were wavering between poor and diabolical. And obviously, you know, he's playing, so he's contributed to that. So it is fair to to note it. But you're right, the system has done him no favours either before or since the change. Um, I also don't think he benefited at all from the fact that earlier in the season when he was starting far more regularly as we said was particularly poor uh, Fabinho was particularly poor you can accommodate someone in midfield we've said this before who is not an absolutely great midfielder at on and off the ball midfield stuff if everyone around him is really well set so that would have been overlooked but absorbed let's say by, by other players around him but the fact that none of them were on their game and the Liverpool's shape was terrible and our performance level was so low as a whole his faults become a lot more glaring off the ball in particular so I think it's fair to say he did okay in spells, but poor contributing to the team. Um, I think maybe a C minus though overall, because it was mm. basically it was bad enough for him to lose a place in the team. Let's put it that way. Uh, and it's not just down to the system which has changed. And I, I've said before, actually, I think in this new system, On the he is side, probably best suited right to Curtis's role.
1: Um, it is interesting that he he was involved in basically every game for like three quarters of the season and then just you know not even getting a minute for a a bunch of games so yeah I don't know it's weird Um, Fabio Carvalho 21 appearances 8 starts miscast a couple of times as a midfielder which he very clearly is not probably given far too much opportunity early in the season and then given absolutely no opportunity for the majority of the season, C minus because I don't think much of it is his fault.
2: I don't think he's anywhere near ready for first team football. A D minus for me. I think I, you know maybe a D because he had a couple of important moments like the goal against Newcastle. But basically, he is not a Premier League season. top end player at this point, and yeah. he needs. Time to develop basically but in, again he's one who in this new system I could see getting a bit better use out of him in the left sided attack and roll uh, because there's a lot more freedom of movement there there's a lot more overlapping on that side so it could be quite useful in build up and he's quite direct and all that but again he's, he's very very young you need to let this kid grow up a bit Elliot is an older 20 year old than Carvalho is in terms of I think um, maturity on the pitch and that kind of thing so he he needs at the very least a loan. Yeah, I, I don't think fair. he was good. Well, I, I I've said before, I'd too. I'd
1: sell him an Elliott if off, if good offers came in because I just don't think they're suited to I don't think they're suited to, to how we should be playing. I don't think they're suited to competing at the top level of the table. I think they're good enough to compete at the top level of the table as yet. Maybe in three years, but we can't wait three years. I'd rather have forty five million you could maybe get for the pair of them. Spend that on one player who could contribute heavily, but you know, it is what it is. Um, Carl, this is the second, I think, undeniable A in the squad. It's Artur uh, 13 minutes against Napoli. Why did we sign him? He's been fit for months, months, and Jurgen hasn't even looked at him. He gets his kid on, he sits on the bench, he goes and he does his warm ups, he sits back on the bench, he never gets to kick a ball. I think it I think it's been really poor that uh, we've just kept hold of him till the end of the season. Why wasn't he just sent back in January? We weren't gonna play him. Just send the boy back. Let him go and get a different loan somewhere else.
2: One of the weirdest deals we've done. I mean, this was just stupid, wasn't it? Um, paid quite a bit of money, quite a bit of wages. Even when you say it, a couple of the times when he was on the bench at the end of the season, I remember one of them, he was on the bench ahead of Curtis Jones before this run started. I, I just don't understand. He, he obviously wasn't yeah. going to be a part of the team. So why put him in even the squad? And, not someone and, and, to and then the Jones thing is, comes Karen, in you're, you're not going to convince so, me that
1: he couldn't have offered um, more on certain really, games. really, round. People that did play
2: of course he could have. Look, it was it was terrible that he got injured when he did and needed surgery and he was out for so long, but then he played a double pivot a couple of matches after yeah. he came back. That's the kind of game we should have looked to have been playing him mean, for example. That's the kind of role he could have done something in. Now, he might be training By terribly the case, or whatever, but then why is he even involved? hired? Hired uh, nutritionists, really, really
1: hired his own trainers, did yeah, well. all extra work, volunteered to go and play with the under-21s, like, asked To not go on holiday when it was offered to him. So he could stay and work more. Like by all accounts. A model pro. And yet treated like something that. You know the cat dragged in. Really really poor. No grade on him I think is fair. Because I don't think it's fair to. We can't. But what can we judge him on. He came on when Napoli were spanking our horses. So like what can you do. Um,
2: I mean like. What's his name? Bobby Clark. One of the kids yeah. played more than five minutes, more than five times more than him. This is a guy who cost us millions and millions to bring in. So uh, I think uh, an F is yeah, fair, fair, but it's not for Artur. Stefan decided.
1: Nineteen appearances, eleven starts. That's far too many. He wasn't ready. He had some good performances. He had some bad performances, and mostly had some meh performances. But again, not his fault. Far too much expectation placed on him. I think overall you'd give him a C because he did have some really good games and he showed what he could become. There's a lot of promise with him. I do think he's a very, very talented footballer. But I think we played him too much this season. Obviously we did because he broke and he got injured. You just have to hope now that that's not the type of injury that's going to cause future problems.
2: Yeah, uh, obviously we'll see when he comes back and probably next season at the start should be more or less as it was at the start of the season for him. He was on the bench, he came on once against Bournemouth, then, you know, a few weeks later he came on again as a sub, so more or less that's what you would expect to see of a teenager. Um, you know, I would give him probably a B minus partly for performance and partly because he just took the opportunity that was presented to him basically. Um and I don't think you can knock a player for doing that. So I'm happy to give him a good grade, but based largely on that's fair. You say promise rather than performance overall. There were some really really good performances, but also yeah. a few where you can yeah, see that's this very Real Madrid playing against men. Man
1: City. The good teams made him look made him look a long way from from ready. Um, Basically, Ben Doak five appearances, no starts, but some really exciting cameos, and I think showed enough to say that. He's a player with a really bright future at the club. I I wouldn't give him a grade as such because I I don't think he played enough minutes to warrant a grade. And I think, you know, you'd be looking at a C or a D because, again, it's only five sub appearances. And I think that would be harsh because I think when he did play, he actually got the crowd in their feet a couple of times.
2: Yeah, again this was someone who came in during a pretty bad run for us and he gave a bit of excitement and he gave a bit of reason to think that there's something to watch there in the future, but we're talking about an hour's worth of senior football, so definitely no grade, but also no negativity around it whatsoever. A couple of yeah, really nice sure. impacts and Melkin would Fraundorf.
1: Uh, one th- appearance which was a start. It was in the League Cup, I'll be honest i don't remember a single minute of that game um so i'm going to give him a no grade because I, I just i don't know <laughs> how he did in that game i can't remember i don't even was it was would have been the first league cup match derby yeah it was derby yeah it was derby wasn't
2: it yeah yeah i remember him playing right back in the um season and it, obviously he's normally an attacker mid or a winger so um no grade, again, but you know the, these players have to get an opportunity and an opening somewhere, and obviously he's been doing well enough in the youth system to get mm-hmm. the opportunity, so 19 yeah, years old. Yeah, now, and he does seem turned. like
1: one that Klopp likes, Going he's been around the, the first team for a while, training with them, whatever, so you know, it, it might be that they see him as some sort of utility player that they can kind of mould into a jack-of-all-trades uh, Last midfielder then, I've purposely kept him to last, so I can have a rant Jordan, Brian, Henderson. (laughs) 42 appearances. We haven't. 29 (laughs) starts. An absolute atrocity, Carl. Easily the worst player in the squad this year. Easily. From from August to now, easily the worst player. A shambles again on Saturday. I jokingly coined the name three out of Henderson. And I think that's being really, really kind to him. Because most weeks, 3 out of 10 is a good performance for him. Um, shit. Whatever shit translates to in an A to F scale. And I'm going to suggest it's an F minus. And that's what he is this season. And last season. And the season before, he wasn't good either. So, you know, there's a trend here. So compare yourself to Luka Modric all you want, son. It's not looking good.
2: It's quite painful to watch him in midfield at times. Um, There are not too many top-level midfielders who are so incapable of taking the ball on the turn. It's the most frustrating thing. The ball goes into his feet. He has maybe five yards of space, but he has to turn the same way all the time. And if he turns to his own right, it's a massive turning circle all on the outside of his right boot to bring himself to face the right way and have the ball on the inside of his right boot. And it takes so long to do all the time. Um, whatever about the, the defensive work. We've spoken about this for years and I think now at the moment it's it's being highlighted even more because there's more of it to do and he's not doing it any anymore but it's just stick-on-the-ball technique. Game slows down when it goes to him. He doesn't pick the right decision. He doesn't execute it well way too often. Um, it's, it's very, very frustrating, quite painful to watch at times and Liverpool haven't been great. If Liverpool had been Better playing well and Henderson still doing. This is what he did some of the stuff that We were he playing is, well last season he was doing this.
1: Good um, players who lose their legs. No, sorry, let me let me start again. We know that his primary attribute were his legs. His ability to cover ground. right now his legs are gone and this is what you're left with. Technically poor, tactically dreadful. No real game intelligence really poor defensively his legs covered for a lot of that but this is what you're left with this is a bang average player who had phenomenal ability to cover ground his technical level hasn't declined his intelligence level hasn't declined his legs have gone that's the difference in him and this is what you're left with simple as that he was, but he was like this last season. But the team were really good. And they were able to make up for it. Because when you're playing really well as a group. And there's nine or ten lads playing out of their skin in that team. As there was for large chunks of last season. You can carry one. But when the team is playing poorly. And only say two or three players are playing at a high level. When the fella playing poorly stands out like a sore thumb. And he then drags the team in a different direction. That's what happens when this lad plays. It's time for him to move on. There is no role at Liverpool for him moving forward. Milner role is not a thing he can do. Number one, he's not versatile enough. Milner comes on right back, left back. Six, either eight. Anderson's horrendous in the left side of eight, terrible in the right side of eight. He could come on as a six in certain games, fair enough. But we ideally need to be buying a new starting six this summer, which would mean Fabinho's the backup. And he can't play fullback. He just can't. He can't run. If Sunderland had come up, it would have been great because maybe he could have just gone there. The only hope we have now is that his ego doesn't allow him to sit on the bench next season and he asks to go next summer because he gets the hump with playing far less. But if he starts more than 10 league games next season, Carl. we have serious issues.
2: Well, we already know we have serious issues, so... Hold your breath, mate. Um, I'm going to give him an E plus on the basis of some of the games of late, where we've been more higher pressing. E plus. involved in some oh. of those bits.
1: What the fuck? We so move on to the Forts. Yep. Um,
2: just just to quickly wrap up the the mids and that. Uh, oh, I have him the was forts. In the squad once. Didn't play. Bobby Clark played seven oh, times, seventy-three was, Actually, let's do Bobby football.
1: Clark then. You, okay, Sorry, friend. Bobby Clark, um, I've got him um, uh two first team appearances, one okay. start. Yeah.
2: Twenty three minutes. So yeah, he Money did, he did. He did a couple of Again preseason looked alright. Did a couple of bits in the games where he looked you know, <clears> fairly <throat> fine. So he he looks like he's got plenty in him. He's he's eighteen years of age obviously, so again, there's one to look forward to there. He's still gonna get Bit more time with the the 19s and the 21s. Unfortunately, no UEFA youth league for Liverpool next season, so that's a bit of a disappointment for for younger players' progressions. Um, yeah, yeah, he was on the bench quite a few times in the early part of the season, wasn't he? So, plenty to look forward to again, and hopefully that development continues. He was another one who played against Derby. Yeah,
1: he, he does look uh, a player quite like the look he of. looks him, like a very intelligent a player. Hopefully, who knows when to pick the right pass. It's funny. Like he's got very clearly a very high technical level, um, which you know when you compare him to his dad, who was mostly known for kicking people up in the air, um, it's it's quite the contrast. Um, Into the forwards, then uh, Leighton Stewart at one appearance, which was a start. I assume that was the same derby game as the rest. Uh, That would be a no grade then. I assume for one appearance.
2: Yeah, no, was, you know, unless they're getting a couple of hundred minutes, there's nothing really too great. But yeah, he played an hour against Derby. and mm. well done for getting in the starting lineup. He's come back from quite a big injury. Um, last season, the season before now, I think it was actually. So he's 20, I think. You know, probably we're looking at him having having missed the boat for, for the step up to the first team. But if you get an appearance, if you get a bit of experience, obviously that can lead to a slightly better yeah, I mean, loan or a move I elsewhere for, it for, for long whenever long long it is he decides to move season.
1: on. Um. Some of these some of these are going to be tough to do. Uh, let's start with Salah. Um fifty appearances. okay.
2: Oh, before we do, I think I forgot to mention the other defenders, sorry, just for completeness, because otherwise i will annoy me. Gerald Quantzer uh, was on the bench once, Luke Chambers twice, Reese Williams twice, Seth Banderberg four three times. Three of them played could
1: fans, but there you go. Feature in pre season. Uh, I think Seth might get a bit of run in pre season, I think Kwanzaa might get some run in preseason. And Chambers might get some run in pre-season. Mo Salah, then. Uh, 50 appearances, 47 starts. Numbers-wise, he's put together yet another masterpiece. But I think performance-wise, he's been a level below where he normally would be. Is a B-plus harsh? I I feel like it's about right, given what the performances have been, but the numbers demand an A. I just don't feel like I can get to an A. I don't
2: either. And I think that, again, this is what we've said about some of the others, not entirely Salah's fault. Now, he's been below par quite a few games, don't get me wrong, but also I think he's been ridiculously marginalised compared to what he's capable of. Earlier in the season, he was ridiculously wide now, later in the season, I don't think he's quite involved in, in as much dangerous build-up as he can be. And then you see it suddenly when we do get him involved and he does things like you know, setting up the, the Catch Jones goals, for for example, and he's still putting the ball in the back of the net for us as well. So if, if 45 goals and assists in 50 matches, that's really good. And yet, yeah, your left wants a little bit more from Salah still. Um, and I'm not 100%, like I say, willing to say that that's entirely his fault. So I think a B-plus feels about right. Odie
1: Gakbo, 25 appearances, 22 starts. As he arrived in January. He's been heavily involved. He's played in a, a few different positions. He's kind of made the number nine shirt, or the number nine spot, rather, his own over recent weeks. Um, He had a slow start, And I think that's sort of been overlooked. He he had a slow start when he joined. And he had a great game against United. And then it it all started to click a little bit better for him. Overall, a B- minus maybe, I think is fair. A B, somewhere in that kind of range. I think he's shown enough to be excited for next season and what he might be able to do.
2: Yeah, I think we can have optimism rather than excitement, but I would still go a little bit lower. Um, I'd say a C-plus myself. A couple of things on Gakpo. One, he can go through large spells of games where he's not fighting to get himself involved as much as I would like to see from him. Um, That's probably my biggest gripe if we're comparing him to other forwards that we have at the club. You know, if Diaz is not involved, he's going looking for the ball. If Salah's not involved, he's going looking for the ball. Firmino, we've seen for years what he does when he's not getting enough service or involvement. So,
1: if Darwin's not looking for the get getting involved, he's going headbutting people. people. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I get what you mean. <laughs> exactly.
2: Yeah, he, he wants something to happen, regardless of whatever it is. It doesn't really matter for Di- for, for Nunez. Uh, so, I would like to see a bit more assertiveness one way or another from Gakpo. He's never going to be as aggressive as some of those other players, but you can go and get yourself involved in different ways. Um, the other thing I would say is all the games where he scored or assisted for us are games that we've gone on to win anyway. Uh, I think apart from the Tottenham game where he got a couple of assists and you know we should have been clear and, and comfortable in that game anyway, all the rest are games where regardless, we would have won. You know, he got a couple of goals against Man United, but it was 7-0. Scored against Leeds and got an assist, but it was 6-1. Against Everton, he scored. It was 2-0 Newcastle. So I'd like to see a bit more decisiveness from him when it really matters, rather than because the team is playing well as a whole and he's able to f- help facilitate that. Um, that's. You know, I don't want to be too harsh, because it is only a first half season, but these are really key areas to improve if he's going to be a guaranteed starter. Yeah, I think that's fair.
1: I would like to see him be like you said more assertive a bit more aggressive go and go and pull the game to you don't wait for it to come to you um Ojota obviously missed a large chunk of the season with injury i don't think he's played well at all carol and i know he got he had that run of goals Dave.
2: Dave. He had about And even then I don't outside the goals I don't think he even
1: played well.
2: That's it. It was rubbish. Oh he was rubbish. He had an hour and a half of being impactful. Twenty seven appearances,
1: fourteen starts. It's it's a I'm gonna give him a D, but it would be an F, but he he missed a chunk of the season. So I'm gonna give him a bit of leeway. I'll give him a D.
3: allow you to easily connect every device in your home to VPN, making it the perfect solution for smart TVs, Mac boxes and games consoles. Visit libertyshield.com today and use coupon code AIVPN25 to get 25% off at checkout.
2: I mean, the the calf injury can be a very, very difficult thing to get back from, and so, you know, a full preseason should benefit him a lot in terms of like the explosiveness and that, because he still looks so slow moving at the minute. And his technique is not there yet, which is normal after a, quite a long layoff. But he was really poor, like desperately, desperately poor. His technique for that first two months after coming back was off the charts bad. He just couldn't turn defensively. I don't think he contributed a huge amount. Went over a full year without scoring a goal as well. I know there's like you know two separate injuries in there but even so a full year without a goal is no nice thing to see for, for a forward in generally speaking a good side. Five goals in three, four appearances something like that um, is, is really what lifted elevated him back to consideration I think but like I said against Leeds he wasn't good he just scored twice within a couple of minutes of each other Um And then the Spurs was a brilliant, brilliant finish and really important at that time. But again, it wasn't like he was playing very well all the way through or anything like that. And I think the fact that for the last six games of the season, he's basically started one and been the sub the rest of the time. And Diaz has come back into the team, who himself is not back to full fitness, back to full explosiveness, does speak volumes as to the level Jota was at. So I'm going to stick with a...
1: I yeah, think I think that's he fair, although I think it's a bit harsh to give him the same grade as Henderson, because he was better than Henderson, and did actually contribute to some winning. Hmm? I don't think he's better than well, Henderson. I don't think he was much, I don't think did was he much better. Did he not contribute to winning I, some games? so, so poor with so many of his matches. So that's more than Henderson did all season, so, you know, we'll just move on from there. A couple. There. Uh, Luis Diaz also missed a large, large chunk <laughs> of the season. <laughs> It hasn't been great since coming back, but he just doesn't look like he's quite there yet. But he was really good before the injury, and kind of the only outfield player before the injury that looked like he actually gave a shit to begin the season. So he's a tough one, Carl. Where where do we fall on Luis Diaz?
2: Um, hopefully nowhere. Where is going to keep him out for six months again? Um. I mean, I think Allison and Diaz were our only players in that first 10 games of the season, to be perfectly honest. It was Ali in goal, it was Diaz up front, and all the rest were garbage. And, uh, I mean, you mentioned where would we be without Allison? I don't know where we'd be even without Diaz because uh, he earned us a point against Brighton with his performance and, and he got an assist. He scored a couple against Bournemouth, but fine, that was a, a whatever game. The game against Palace was his goal there, the one where he nearly got his head took off as well. Was that that game? The previous season, I can't even remember now. These are all blurring together.
1: Palace goal he scored was the one from the edge of the box, wasn't it? Where he dribbled past a couple of players on the edge of there.
2: Okay, yeah. So the taking his head off one was the other season. Fine, um, he still earned the point there. He, I. I I don't know where we would have been at the start of the season without Diaz because even a couple of those games like the Newcastle win and that, it was Diaz dragging us forward all the time. He created so many of those chances that we had in that game. Um, I think it would have been a say a B-plus or whatever at the start of the season. You drag that down a bit for being out for so long, even though that's not really his fault. He came back, had to have surgery again. Not good since coming back. Like a couple of good moments and the odd good overall performance, but there's been a bit of a disconnect, I think, between him and the team. Um, I think in a couple of the games he's been way, way too greedy as well. I think probably a C+. Plus.
1: Yeah, I think that's fair. Overall, that's fair. maybe a B-. Um, Darwin Nunes, uh, 42, st- uh, 42 appearances 26 starts, he's had a couple of injuries, he had the suspension, he had an iffy start, he had a good run, then the team around him was poor and he was the same level as them. And now he's been poor for the last probably month and a half or so. I think he's he's really struggled with this new system and the demands of it at times. Um, his confidence seems to be just in the toilet as well which isn't great I I do think he showed promise, enough promise in the early parts of the season to suggest that you know we might get a proper, proper Darwin Nunes season next year like what he put forward for Benfica last year uh, but I'm not overly enthused by how he was used for a lot of the season, like just shoved out onto the left wing asked to, to track back and to do all sorts of mad stuff that really isn't his game um what what do you make of darwin's debut season
2: uh good in the champions league not good in the league i think that's my broad strokes there i think he, he was quite impactful for us in europe um had a couple of really good outings really Strong performances in front of goal, um, but in the league has been way too inconsistent for my liking. Um, like you say, the use of him is definitely a big factor, but you know he's not back to back goals in in the league, or you know goals in back to back league games as such all season long. Um, definitely over the last third of the season has been a big disappointment because even when he's come off the bench, I don't think there's been too much in terms of changing the game for us, uh, even in terms of like you know dragging us upfield or being very aggressive or good hold-up play or anything like that at all I don't think there's a, an exact fit for him in this system which is again I think a failing of, of overall management I'm not just talking about the manager here but overall management at the club um, had questions about this when he signed and not going away for me one year on so we'll still wait to be seen exactly where and how he gets used next year uh, but overall, I think this has to be a, a disappointing season from Darwin. I don't think I could go higher Yeah, that I think theory.
1: that's fair. I think that's fair, and I think I'd agree with you on that one. And last but not least, I have Roberto Firmino. Um, I mean, he, he had a really good start to the season. And he got a bunch of goals and a bunch of assists. Now, they did come in clusters in, you know... Three games, I think, contributed most of his goals and a bunch of his assists. And then he was poor and then he was injured and then he came back and then he was poor and then he got injured. But it's Bobby, Carl, and I'm I'm not letting him leave on a bad grade. So it's an A from me and I don't care.
2: (laughs) I mean, basically, I think he was... Fine to good up until he got injured in uh, November, and then since he's come back, he's not been good. He still has scored three goals in that period, and there's not a lot of minutes there in the league at all. So I think on the balance of anything an at a, all, it, just it's an a it's a lifetime
1: a. achievement award, and it's a you know when yeah. you scored on your final day at Anfield coming on, and and it's a very it was a very Bobby goal as well, you know, kind of. He was parallel to the floor as he made contact with the ball. Um, 12 goals on the season, 5 assists. In the Champions League, he got 2 goals and an assist. Both of them, or all of them, came in the 7-1 away to Rangers. Uh, His league goals and assists. 3 of his 4 assists came in the 9-0 over Bournemouth. He also scored twice in that game. Uh, he scored against the Toon, he scored twice against Brighton and then he scored against Arsenal and Southampton and since you know, that that first injury, he scored against United and got an assist in that game, that was the 7-0. He scored against Arsenal which was a big goal, it was a big goal for us that we needed and then obviously gets the goal against um, against Villa as well. So you know, he did he did win us some points this season without question. So we're gonna give Bobby an A because it's it's also a lifetime achievement award. What a fucking player he's been. And uh not a dry eye in the house on Saturday.
2: Yeah, I mean totally deserved. Great to see. Not just the fans, but players as well, obviously you could see them um uh, to varying levels, disappointed that he'd be going. Um, I think it just as say, says quite a lot about who he is and what he's done at the club and what a role he has played. And uh, we know that at least a few of them have a really, really close relationship with him off the stage yeah. as well. So yeah,
1: I agree. Um, last one then. Is there any more forwards that we have to include?
2: Uh, no, because you've already done oh, right. the other one. There, one young forwards who got on the bench. The and and I'll
1: just let you go first.
2: I have not enjoyed the management of many players this season. I think the decision making, even before the season started, was particularly poor. Uh, we went over that in detail. I think that's proven to be the case. I think a lot of things he said at the start of the season Um, haven't worked out in the slightest the way that he said the way that he expected and I think that there's been a bit of a disingenuous late season talk about not just the fact that this is a transition season which it wasn't because they didn't prepare for it as such not the fact that you know this was always the plan because it wasn't they've had to chop and change and he's just ended up here in the end Um, a lot of things that he said really have not been particularly clear or particularly Truthful in the way that he's presented them. Um, if this hadn't happened in terms of this late season run of games, it would be an F. No question about it because we were an absolute horror for so long of this season and so many of the performances were not just tactically poor, but the level of effort, the level, no, no level of improvement was there game after game. Um, I think he's right that if he hadn't built up the credit beforehand, he would have been dismissed. I think it's right that he did get to use that credit and get to stay in the job and get another chance to turn things around. And it has turned. I'm not going to say it's turned around, but it's turned. Uh, There's a lot of work to be done still for this to be the shape which works for us. I don't 100% like it, and we've been over that, but we have to give it, I think, a full preseason and some recruitment and a few other decisions. But generally speaking, I don't think this can go much above a D-minus is the absolute highest it can go, and it's only because it's an end-of-season run of, what is it now, 10 games or something unbeaten? And if we finish fifth, you can give him a D-minus. And if not, I think any lower than that, it's got to be in the E. E Automatically failed Automatically. And we haven't done anything in any of the Cups. And there's there's no redeeming factors o- over this season other than we're ending it on um, an unbeaten streak
1: I think it's an F I think it's a massive F and he's lucky to even be getting an F anything less than challenging for the title is failure for me finishing outside the top four is a disgrace pathetic performances in the cup went out of Europe with a whimper It's an F. He has had an absolutely shocking season. And a seven game winning streak. Is not going to change. My view on anything. Because you're playing. Largely the dregs of the league. And you're riding your luck. And the first decent well organised team you faced. With a bit of quality. Caused you all manner of problems. So no. It's an F for me. It's very much a case where if he's not. Got this turned round by November December. Thank you very much and goodbye. Um, yeah, that's basically where I stand with it. Um, is there anyone we've missed? Do do is there anything anything else you wanted to uh, to give a grade on? Um,
2: well, if we stick with Eve O'Clock then I think uh, there was a request during the pod that we have to. Score the management team as a whole, so not going into names, but let's say recruitment and hierarchy as an individual grade for them as well. Um, again, I think that that is e territory, uh, terrible before the season, didn't address it during the season, haven't yet addressed sport and director over the long term. We know there's been news today that uh, the short term nature of it might be sorted of very, very soon, but again, this is this is not fixing, this is sticking plaster to get through the next transfer window. Uh, so I don't see anything... No, it's an all for round ...anybody from me. in the club hierarchy. It's an
1: F all round from me. Um, and shout out to Dom King, who, you know, decided to laugh at all the people in Germany, saying it was to be a short-term appointment with his article. It's a three-year deal that's been agreed, and it clearly isn't, just, just once again emphasised it. Most of these journalists have no idea what the club are actually doing, which is, is, is good, but that's the only thing i give them a decent grade on is that nothing seems to leak. But it also does put to question, you know, what is the actual plan for the summer? Because if the journalists don't know about a sporting director appointee, they certainly don't have any clue who we're going to buy. Um, right, well, we can leave it there. That's We've gone quite long, so we have to go and do other things today. Uh, we will be back later in the week for Southampton. Um, we'll we'll figure out what day probably Wednesday, Thursday Carl does that work for you?
2: Yeah one of those days will be I'm uh, not sure which one yet but Is, as I'm going to be overseas again but yes one of them will definitely be, the case, way we'll be again, the
1: day so He's away on holidays again folks Just to clarify he's been to not Brazil not on, on he's been I'm to not on Tenerife holiday. or somewhere not he's been to Monaco and now he's gone on holiday again and and where are you going?
2: not going on holiday. Uh,
1: you know, is, are you, are is you, there an assignment over there? Is there? Are you going over to cover a Formula, a Formula E race? <laughs> is there a match you're going to cover? Oh, I see! There's a, there's I see! A, that, sounds like time, that sounds like personal time, Carl. That sounds <laughs> like personal time in the foreign land. <laughs> it is
2: personal time. But work is still right, going well, on. Enjoy the enjoy, so. no, trip. enjoy
1: seeing the family. Uh, I know you don't get to see them enough because they are all... The family are out living the good life and you're back grinding away in in soggy old England. So, you know, you, you, you kind of do deserve your holidays every so often. Um, right, we will leave it there, folks. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.
0: We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement. And we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at AnfieldIndex and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go,